welcome to Recast, presented by the Baptist Union of Scotland. Each episode will look at a key issue of mission or discipleship for church leaders in Scotland. We will be bringing you key voices, practical insights and unique stories, all focused on the church in Scotland. Hello everybody and welcome to our Recast podcast. Um, I'm Lisa Holmes and I'm here with my colleague Glenn Innes and uh, we're delighted to be interviewing uh, Scott and Faith Brennan today. Um, so we're looking forward to that and here's an opportunity to think a bit more about our discipleship, our own personal lives and our walk with God um, together. So we're just in this season at the moment where um, seemingly one in nine people have got COVID. And Glenn, you are more than a statistic, but you are one of those statistics. How are you feeling today? <laughs> uh, I'm okay, uh, but I do have COVID. I uh, have a proper dose of man flu is what it feels like just now. So enough to complain about, but not enough to think that I'm genuinely unwell, which I'm very grateful for because that's not everybody's experience and we know that it's been awful for many people but thankfully I seem like I'm okay but just enough that I can complain but not enough to get any sympathy from my wife that's uh, about where I am just now. <laughs> well, that's disappointing and listen you know we we are really busy I know you're really busy uh, I've been super busy and then suddenly without any warning bang you can't do anything and you have no idea <laughs> How long that's going to go on for? How's that, how's that feel today? Uh, I tell you, today has been uh, grim. So I've spent the whole day cancelling stuff for the week, uh, which you never like to do. Um, and Especially I had a really busy week, but, but one I would, I've been looking forward to for weeks. We were going to be spending a load of time with different groups of people, uh, some with our pre-accredited ministers, some with some of our ministers up in mm-hmm. Aberdeen, uh, some with some national leaders looking at church planting and so I was pretty fired up for this week and yeah. then now I'm like no I'm confined to my bedroom that's uh, as much as I can do so um, I'd love to say I'm feeling very holy about it and managed to find a place of resting in the Lord and all of that but I haven't yet that's uh, it's very much a, a, uh, I'm a bit disappointed that all these things are not happening so uh, yeah I'm kind of stuck in my room and yeah. and uh, we'll it'll be fine I'll, um, but we are I think the it really has made me think a bit about um, the joy of being with people. And, mm-hmm. and as much as inevitably being with people is how I caught this somehow, um, <laughs> there is something about the joy of being with people that I had the chance to do last week. And then I had a funeral on Saturday. And it was amazing to see a, a woman who'd been a member of our church for 76 years. Wow. And, uh, um the funeral was on a Saturday, which is bizarre. I'd never done a mm-hmm. Saturday funeral before, but it meant loads of people could come. So there was a really brilliant turnout. And uh, I think that was really encouraging for everyone. And yeah. especially with the couple of years that we've had and how it's taken a toll, particularly on on, on the lady who had died, Winnie, um, and her kind of age of people. She was almost 90. And and the joy for them of being able to gather together and just recognising that, that that's a a joy um now it's it's like not the the funeral but something has had a consequence to me but but i think there's just something about that joy of being able to gather Mm. together and be with people that 
I'm trying really hard not to take for granted because I realise the last couple of years we haven't had it and it really is something that can bring us uh, great joy and a lot of meaning uh, to our lives in general, but I think especially to our faith. Mm. Now, without wanting to be a bit cheesy in my pivot here, <laughs> but you, I, it does bring to mind that um, one of the pieces that you're working on right now is our canopy gathering for this year, or at least one of our canopy gatherings for this year, where the goal is to gather together people from all around the Baptist Union. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really exciting, isn't it? Because actually we haven't been able to do that on site together, um, coming from everywhere, uh, children, young people, adults uh, together. So yeah, Canopy is June the 11th, also a Saturday, so everyone can come. Um, and uh, it's going to be at Dunblane High School. So um, hopefully accessible to quite a lot of people um, relatively easily. Um, and we've got, you know, main sessions to worship together and learn together and um, get to know each other. And, you know, there's an ice cream van. So obviously, oh, yes. you know, we have ordered the nice sunny weather because it's June. Um, and there's a nice coffee van as well. Uh, and we might even be having the message bus. I've heard about that today oh, as nice. well. So that's really exciting. And, and seminars and sports and crafts and prayer and worship. Um, but I think, you know, the main thing is that exactly as you say, it's brilliant to get together. Um, and there's something that can't be replicated apart from us coming together. So the booking lines are now open. Special, special treats if you come as a group. Um, because we'd absolutely love for you know, families to come, but groups of people from churches to come as well. So June the 11th, get booked in. Brilliant. Are you booked in yet, Glenn? Are you hoping that someone's done it for you? Uh, I may be booked in. I'm pretty sure my family's not. I might need to get my finger out and, <laughs> and, uh, and see uh, about maybe even bringing a wee minibus or something from Portobello. We'll see uh, if we make that happen. Um, just for clarity, there is separate kids work and youth work and stuff like there that. Is. So it's, it's a whole family day, right? A whole family day, yeah, but separate kids' work, separate youth work, um, age-appropriate. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, that's, it's going to be really good. I'm really, really excited about it. I think we've got you know, good input and a good opportunity to learn and, and laugh together. And th those kind of rhythms of learning and laughing, um, they're some of the things we've talked about over the last three or four episodes mm -hmm. as we've looked at mental health and uh, well-being. Uh, as those who would lead uh, God's church here in Scotland. And that's really what we've got again today, but mm -hmm. with a particular look at the question of rhythms and habits um, with Scott and Faith Browning. And we had a great conversation with them a few weeks ago. And so uh, we hope you enjoy this and we'll uh, chat with you again on the other side. It's really brilliant today because we have got Scott and Faith Brennan with us and uh, so we're delighted to have you with us. Um, you are on Lindisfarne, so just for anyone who's not sure where that is, just give us a little bit of a brief geography lesson as to where you are. So Lindisfarne is just south of the Scottish border, um, so we are in England just um, also called Holy Island. It was named Holy Island many centuries ago. Um, so we're literally 12 miles over the border. We're, we're still further north than Hoyk. 
Okay, <laughs> that's useful to know, isn't it? And um, and having been there a couple of times myself, um, you have to get your tight timetables right, don't you, before you come to see you, because well, otherwise... You do if you don't want your car covered in water. Uh-huh. Uh, there's there's a, a video on YouTube of an Uber driver trying to beat the tide and not managing at all. And then they discover there's a mum with a baby in the back of the car. No. And uh, yeah, yeah. So that was that was an expensive Uber ride. It would have been. And and it's it's kind of good because when you go and you, you go across the sands there when the tide's not up, they have those kind of things that look a bit like watchtowers where it, yeah. it's really encouraging. It basically says, you know, if it all goes wrong, climb up in this tower and wait for many hours. And you think <laughs> you'd be waiting in the little wooden tower, watching your car wash away. Um, and, and um, yeah, so that would be very encouraging. So um, I was going to say it's a, it's a metaphor for life that you have to get the rhythms right. Ah, so that's good I think we'll talk a bit more about that in just a moment but so you were in um in East Lothian and you've made this big change um last year I think and moved down to Holy Island so do you want to just tell us a little bit about that um and what, what happened there what God was speaking to you about and why you've made this this big move in terms of role as well as location yeah absolutely so it it really started way back in um, 2019. And I think we both felt in, in January of that year, we always have a week of prayer and fasting um, in Lighthouse and everyone was doing that. And after that week, we both came together and said we felt that change was coming. And that was the year later on that year, I um, finished my time with Central Church in Edinburgh. And um then just various things were still happening, transitions. And then at the beginning of 2020, just before COVID, weirdly, um, this opportunity came up to move to Holy Island. And actually, if I hadn't done what I'd done when I left Central, we wouldn't have been able to go. So sometimes you don't quite know what God's doing yeah. to look back the way, of course. Um, exactly. <laughs> and what was lovely is Scott's been a member of the community of Aidan and Hilda, who are a new monastic community, very like um, the Order of the Mustard Seed or the Northumbria, mm-hmm. Iona community. And Scott, you've been a member there for about 20, 20 odd years. years. Yeah. Wow. It's been a real, I don't know, it's just been a, a really great source of encouragement for you. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it, we had still never seen this coming. Um, and suddenly we got this opportunity to come here and do a role that wasn't all defined and wrapped up and busy, which is the sort of roles we were used to doing. But it was actually quite open and mm-hmm. could develop and grow and fit the place we're at right now. So we we took the chance and felt that that was what God was saying. And here we are. And when did you actually move? Yeah, that was uh, February last year. So we'd just been here a year. Uh-huh. And um, how do you say, is it everything you hope for? Is it, is it working out in the way that you imagined? Um... Well, we, we didn't know we were coming here. <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't imagine anything. Um, and like Faith said, it was a, an open book. It was like a, a, a journal that hadn't been written in. So um, we're really just listening to God, seeing what doors open, what doors close. And it's been exciting, yeah. Brilliant. That's fantastic. Thank you. What, what are you guys doing? So how do you spend your days? 
Yes, that's a very good question. So, uh, because when Scott says, you know, we, we didn't imagine anything, one thing that we had imagined or that we would love to be involved in, but didn't have the time or the capacity to do much of was investing in next generation of leaders, supporting and encouraging all sorts of pioneers, church leaders, ministry leaders. It's something we both loved doing and had invitations to do and opportunities to do, but very seldom did we actually have the time to do it. And so when um, we were given the offer from Aidan and Hilda, we said to them, well, this is what we would love to have more time to do. And actually that um, coincided with something they would um, love done. So we we do find we spend a lot of time here. People come and stay here. There's three houses people can stay in. They're self-catering retreat houses, lovely low cost for Holy Island, and all sorts of people come, ministers and Christians and groups and families and people on their own and they retreat and quite often they'll spend time with us and we run a prayer room so we have a prayer rhythm at midday and nine and so people often come and they're retreating and they'll just come um, to to prayers with us which is lovely so I'd say that's the backbone of what's happening with the community and then also we're both doing bits and pieces of work We've both, we've always been portfolio workers, both of us. So I still run a property business, which is mainly up in Edinburgh. And we both do freelance bits and pieces. I still work for Cairn, um, running learning communities for all sorts of churches, and at, which ties in really nicely with what's happening in Aiden and Hilda, because that focus is the same. It's raising up leaders who are growing cultures of mission and discipleship. So Yeah, I, I still work for Cairn. So we're both coaching leaders so I have a pioneer huddle at the moment and uh, yeah so even this this last few days we've had church leaders pastors here who are either trying to seek God's face for wisdom or probably just need to have a sleep sometimes so it's just a just depends on who's here on what week is it you that makes them sleep yeah, I, I, mean, <laughs> you sleep, send yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, that sounds like profoundly important work in the age that we live in just now, even just, you know, the, the, the ability to grant people a space to sleep um, will be, I imagine, an amazing gift. I mean, that goes to something you mentioned earlier, Scott, this idea of uh, if you don't get the rhythms of life right, then your uh, car's getting swept away on the causeway on the way over um, as a, some sort of metaphor for life. And, you know, it, even just from what you were saying there, Faith, that sense of um, the, the kind of rhythm and the disciplines of uh, being there on uh, Holy Island and the, the patterns you've embraced. Um, how how do you think those spiritual disciplines work towards helping us with our overall well-being? I mean, that's been our focus for these last few podcasts, but how how do those sorts of spiritual disciplines um, help us? I think, um, well, on Holy Island, it's very inspired by the Celtic saints. So it's 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 kind of like a... A thin place is the language that they use. In other words, that where heaven and earth seem closer together, and it's and it's generated by the presence of praying people. So the atmosphere changes, and when people come here, it's almost as if they can hear God more clearly. Now that's not every time; it's not a promise, but there's just an environment where you seem to be able to listen to what God is saying. And that was created by these rhythms and these practices that the early saints like Aidan, like Cuthbert, um, put into place. And so 
my personal view is that a sort of post-COVID church is going to look something more new monastic. That it's going to look something like um, there's a healthy balance. There's there's a there's the keeping of Sabbath. There's the rhythms of prayer. There's just a bit a more holistic model. That's um, just a lot healthier, and it's something that people could actually imitate rather than pastors being burned out. They're actually sold out. And they're able to just do the things that God wants them to do. So for me, those practices need to be in place. And they are spiritual and they are a discipline, but it's more of a way of life. Yeah, no, 100%. I think historically, certainly I've been a Christian ooh, over 30 years. And initially, spiritual disciplines was a bit more emphasis on the discipline. And if I prayed and if I read my Bible and if I did all these things, I would feel better, wouldn't I? Which is often true, but not always. And and I guess I, I love the description of a way of life. These are rhythms. These are things that I do. This is also a place I aim for. And of course, I don't make it every time. Do I pray however many times or hours do I read my Bible this amount every day? We need to be really careful, I think, when we talk about disciplines that we don't actually, we end up with something that can hurt our well-being because we feel guilty if we don't do it. But actually, this is um, a rhythm of life in a relationship with a God who loves us and is gracious and is a dad. And I, I think for us being here, what's lovely is we get to have conversations with people and just listen to people speaking about their way of life and over and over again, the way of life of over busyness, the pressure to perform, the pressure to produce, the pressure to meet certain metrics and standards, that is killing church leaders. And they feel this massive pressure. And then, of course, post-COVID, everyone's saying, oh, and by the way, are you going to do this as well? You know that thing you did during COVID? Do you think you could just carry on doing that and do this other thing? And also, are you visiting everyone who's you know, not come back to church, et cetera, et cetera. Now, those are all good questions, but we just need to be very careful for the, the core teams of churches. Is that really where we should start, is doing all these things? And is there something around the discipline of rest, Sabbath, mm -hmm. retreat, solitude, silence, spiritual direction? That Actually looking at some of those things, we've got this opportunity to mm -hmm. go we've been stripped back with COVID to say, well, what are the disciplines that I need to have in my life to be well? Things like sleep, things like time with my family, all those kind of things. Yeah. So I, I think it's a key moment. I think there's a great opportunity for the church. And I think some people really make the most of that. And I think others won't. And mm. they'll still be burned out church leaders, far too many. And that's sad. Mm. There's so many amazing things that you've, mentioned in there we, we did a, a series at my church a while back and we called them beautiful disciplines and it was you know real intent towards um reshaping the way people think about these practices um in, into something that was attractive and you know good for our souls and our well-being and our relationship with jesus of course as well you know, you're you're dealing with uh, talking to a lot of leaders um, just now, and you've been in leadership a, a good while yourself as well. There are loads of challenges, and Faith, you've just um, mentioned a number of those really, really well. But do you think it's the busyness? Do you think that's the main challenge? Do you think it's the pressure to perform? Do you think it's the 
kind of the many comments and the views of people around, you know, where, where are the challenges lying and kind of how do you see the pattern of that working out? Because I know for some people, they'll be thinking, well, I know you're right, but that is another thing to try and add into my already loopy life. And people won't understand and they'll just think that I'm wasting time wandering around pretending to be holy or something. So, you know, how, how do we take those challenges that are so real and the disciplines which we know make so much difference and connect those two things together, I guess? I suppose the first thing I would say is that Jesus lived an incredibly challenging life. He was a Jewish man in an occupied country. He wasn't always popular. He became less popular towards the end of his life. He was persecuted. Um, so he had all this going on. And yet he managed somehow to live a life where he coped with all of that and it didn't overwhelm them. And he is that person who, for whom the, the discipline, if you like, or the, the beautiful action of drawing aside to be with his father made that possible. Now, none of us is going to be Jesus, but Jesus does say the things that I do that you can do also. And perhaps that's not just raise the sick and heal the dead. Maybe that's get up early in the morning and spend time with God. Or mm. you know, not if you're a young parent, you're up early anyway, but you know. <laughs> Um, I would say busyness is most definitely busyness, hurry are enemies. That, mm. that I would say that it's easy to perceive that they are external. Um, I have all these things to do. That's the way my life is. I think busyness is as much internal now as mm. external. And what I mean by that is when the day is finished, we struggle to switch off. Yeah. We struggle to switch our phones off. It's not our phone's fault. It's not necessarily our day's fault or our job's fault. Um, we're all needing to think about that, all of us, including Scott and I here in Holy Island, yeah. still have Wi-Fi. Um, but I do think there's something about internal busyness mm. that, that we, we need to, to work on. And honestly, if, if I was going to say the number one thing church leaders come with is not just busyness, they come worn out and burnt out. And if I, if I had the skills, which I don't, what I'd love to do is have the teams as elders or vestries or whoever it is that, that really lead the church and come around the core leader. If they could be trained more effectively right from the day before you become an elder in mediation, in conflict resolution, in dealing with different human situations, I'd say the most common thing that I have seen over and over and over again is, is people just sort of mashed up in the system, both leaders and people in churches and church leaders. And they're all the human systems of, mm -hmm. you know, people falling out in politics. And, and I, I've often seen that people look to the a team of elders and say, well, you'll, you know, you'll sort this out then. Won't you? I mean, that's very, very, very difficult. And so we get lots of training in, I don't know, all sorts of theology and so on. But are we training people in dealing with the human problems that trip up churches and church mm -hmm. leaders time and time again? So mm -hmm. sorry, that's nothing to do with busyness, but that one causes more busyness, I think, more unwelcome busyness than any other. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And I think that that is really perceptive about the internal busyness uh, and it's easy to blame everything else. And, and you know, actually that our world is like that way. It's overwhelmingly busy inside our heads all of the time, isn't it? And so how, how can the kind of spiritual discipline side of things 
lean into helping us to deal with those conflict, busyness, the challenges? That's that's the big question really, isn't it? Um, I I would say that one of the, the keys is something which is called soul friendship. And, you know, do you have people around you that you can be honest with? And for me, spiritual formation is about becoming more like Christ. So you, you discover your true self rather than all the sort of pressures, whether they're internal or external. Um, but if you have someone who is like a traveling companion, who, who mm-hmm. walks alongside you, who asks, who asks, how is your soul? Mm-hmm. And also they encourage you to do spiritual formation in community rather than in isolation, because as well as busyness, isolation is a big problem. And so sometimes leaders can find themselves two, three years later, isolated, not quite sure how they got there uh, and not sure who to go to. Whereas if we created these soul friendships and we created these kind of spiritual formation within community, I think a lot of these problems that get created would be, you know, it's like, preemptive mm-hmm. so for me it's so like i would love to see soul friendship just as a normal thing within leadership structures that every pastor and perhaps every elder um whatever leadership team they had people like that that they could speak to scott i mean that that sounds amazing i i, I guess my question is if someone's listening to this and saying yeah i'm i isolated tick internal busyness tick feeling a bit burned out tick um, where do you start if if you're in that in that hole? Where do you start? Uh, I think you need to come to Holy Island. <laughs> <laughs> you find the link in the show notes, and you can book yourself in. <laughs> uh, ever the evangelist. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. I think it does begin with us. I, I I think it's very easy to stand back and look. You know what's happening in other places, but I think we have to begin with us. What what is our own culture? What does our own spiritual disciplines look like? Um, and so we each make that decision. I need to change something. I need someone to help me to change something. So, you know, even within the Baptist Union at, the, at training levels, I'd love to. As Faith said, I'd love to see that introduced. But, you know, there are places that you can go to to get spiritual direction. And I'm, I'm sure that many leaders have people like that. They've just not formalized it. Do you think, um, you know, some of the things that are a little bit more counter-cultural right now, like solitude and silence. Um, and, you know, I've, I've been to a Holy Island and it, it feels easier, you know, than it does in the Central Glasgow. Um, and... How how do we how do we make that happen? Um, where, you know, if we're on an intentional retreat, that's kind of a bit of a different scenario, isn't it? But to integrate that as part of the everyday, when everything mitigates against silence and solitude, what do we do with that? Well, I would say it's not like there's going to be the magic solution and it's going to be easy. It's always hard to do things that are countercultural because. They're countercultural. <laughs> the culture is the way we do things around here. It's what it's the way we do it, not just the way they do it. Um, but if we if we really want to get something, so if we really want to lose weight or we really want to get fitter or whatever it is, we know it's going to cost us. We know we're going to have to build new habits. 
And mm. I guess for spiritual disciplines, it's accepting which ones are which ones are easier for me. So if you love reading the Bible, you're going to find that much easier. If you struggle with reading or you're dyslexic, you're maybe going to find that harder. Solitude and silence for our culture are very countercultural. So to be fair, I'm not really very good at either of them, honestly. <laughs> but <coughs> that doesn't mean I don't do them. And it means that I don't sit in silence for a whole day. And I know some people would find that great. Yeah. Scott would find that lovely. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll go away to, I mean, you're going away next week to Almost I'm going Priory. to a Franciscan Priory next week. Yeah, he'll just sit in silence all day and read books and he'll be so happy. About 10 minutes and I'd be thinking, hmm. But then for someone like me, um, it's just taking moments. Sometimes I will sit for a period of time and be intentionally silent. Or I love how the, the 24-7 Lectio 365 app begins every day. Yeah. You know, as I enter prayer now, I pause to be still. And um, I love that, you know, to, to breathe deeply and recenter my scattered senses. Mm. Why do we all love that? And why have we now committed it to memory? Because it helps us enter prayer by going, <sighs> pause. That, mm-hmm. Okay, it might be twenty seconds of silence, but it's mm. nothing. It's a good start. Yeah, that's good. Making things doable, doable, accessible, accessible, accepting yeah. the things that are easier for us and not so easy. Um, mm. Yeah, but not, one of the big keys is to be non-judgmental. You know, to be actually kind to yourself. You know, give yourself yeah. a break. It's hard enough. That's been a massive theme in these last few podcasts. So just those words: be kind to yourself. Um, that, that, that there's a grace for ourselves as we journey into these things. You don't get to start by being an expert. Yeah, I don't think there are any experts in this whole area at the moment. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So in the community of Aidan and Hilda, one of the things I, I have really loved is they speak about having a balance of prayer, work and recreation. Mm-hmm. And I have heard the balance of prayer, work and rest, and I get that. And that kind of insinuates that I'm either praying or I'm working or I might be sleeping um but actually the the word recreation is different and it's what what is it that helps my soul recreate and that could be walking or painting or reading or down the pub with a pal or gardening or and then suddenly that thing that we love that brings us life becomes a very easy spiritual Mm. discipline Mm. Um, and I love that because it, it it has that thing of well-being woven in into it. And mm. it's different for each one of us, which is interesting. God makes yeah. an individual. What gives you life, Lisa, might bore Glenn. And yeah, probably would, in fact, because it probably <laughs> do music and rap, walking up mountains. <laughs> and Glenn might just bore Lisa full stop. So. <laughs> but that's always true, of course, as well. Um, we're going to be kind of coming to a close I, I, in a moment. I just wanted to ask you both, if you've got a moment, t- tell us something that surprised you about this last year. I'm sure that there may be more than one thing, but maybe something that, that's just kind of really surprised you about how the years panned out. Or being there. Well, there's there's so many things I I could say, and I, I don't want to sound really holy, but uh, the the biggest thing that surprised me is why did I not pray more before? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I led churches for twenty years, and my prayer life was functional and it was okay, but I I could have dropped about thirty percent of the things I did and prayed a bit more, and would have been more fruitful. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's, I mean, that's brilliant, isn't it? And I, you know, I think, I think most of us probably can identify with that in the sense that when we set aside the time for a, a day or a few days, you think this is, this is quite good, really. This is actually really impacting. And, and this puts me in a different perspective and enables me to see things much more how God does. And then we go back to our normal madness again. So. Yeah. Faith, how about you? Yes, having moved here, and obviously there are days and times when it is really quiet and then there are days when it's busy. Winter is obviously quieter. But what has, has it been a surprise or did I always know it, is that much of my busyness is internal. Mm-hmm. And so ha- slowing that down is a lot harder than just, you know, taking some jobs off your list. It just has genuinely been lovely to talk with you. Um, and um, we will um, put you know, links onto their podcast uh, description so people can look you up. And, um, and I guess that you're open to people talking with you and looking in to, to come across to Howley Island. Um, and I'm aware that you've been doing some retreats online and offline and different yep. ways that people could engage. Is there anything that I've missed there that you want to um, promote, <laughs> encourage? No, no, we don't want to get too busy. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and you've got some beautiful paintings as well, Esca. And if you know people just want to be inspired by the views that they can't see every day, like you have the privilege of doing, and they can uh, get hold of your paintings and look into the paintings and imagine what it would be like to be there in reality as well, because that's another way that God meets with us, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, well Glenn has one in his living room. I, I do, in my living room. <laughs> exactly. <It's, it's, laughs> we, we, we think of you often, Scott. <laughs> So thank you, and and we hope that this will kind of lead to more conversations around these so valuable and important things that we've been talking about together today. So thank you for your time, and we appreciate that. Yeah, thanks, guys. It was so good to talk with Scott and Faith, and to just hear that shift in timing and adjustment, and mm-hmm. uh, their. Um, push against being busy and all those kind of things that I know that I'll have much to take away from that and you know you can book on to go down and see uh, Scott and Faith and to spend some time down there on Holy Island and you can find the link to their stuff in uh, in the the show notes Um, I mean Lisa there are other places uh, yeah no definitely um yeah, there's there's uh, there's quite a few places actually around the whole of Scotland. You know, um, I've got a bit of a list. If anyone ever wants to contact me, I I can't necessarily vouch for them all, but I'm getting around some of them now. But yeah. you know, it is it is something that just requires a little bit of energy to find out. It doesn't matter who you are. You can yeah. go for half a day, uh, you know, or you can stay over um, depending on what you want to to do. So yeah. I I think it's a real thing, isn't it? Now we're getting back into some level of normal, apparently. We're just getting busier and busier and busier. And some of those things that we all valued when life was a bit simpler, yeah. we'll just we'll just let slide again, won't we? Because it's yeah. human instinct to do that. And it's yeah. really an important thing to remind myself, ourselves about yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just taking that space to not be busy all the time. Absolutely. So take it from us. Find time for a retreat. 
Uh, if you see Lisa, ask her if she's had time for a retreat. Uh, hold us to our own words. <laughs> um, and if you do uh, want to contact Lisa for uh, any other information about the other places on her list that she has, uh, then again, her email address will be in the show notes and you can get in touch with her uh, through that. Uh, thanks for listening to Recast. It's been great to have you uh, take the time to be with us and we look forward to you listening to our next episodes. We are out. We are out.